happy Monday. Craig is having the Mondayest of all Mondays ever. Petey and I, we're super well rested here today. Yeah. And we're super excited to be joined by a special guest today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. Like we said, we're very excited to be joined by a special guest today for his second appearance on the PHNX Coyotes podcast. That's TNT hockey analyst and former Arizona Coyotes coach and player Rick Tockett. Rick, thank you so much for joining the show. It's great being on. I, I, I try to watch a lot of Coyote games, but when I don't, I tune into you guys, and I, I don't even have to watch. I don't even have to watch the game. That you guys get, uh, give a great an analysis of the game, so it, it uh, you guys do a hell of a job. Wow! Wow! Thank you so yeah, much. And our ratings just jumped right now. Like <laughs> Rick Talk is on. <laughs> there go the ratings. Thanks, Talk. By the way, I, I need to say this about Liam Merrill today. Um, so I didn't show up to the studio today, and I think that was a surprise to my co-hosts. Um, I had no sleep last night. It was a late <laughs> arrival, and I, I, I'm going to have trouble forming sentences today, Talk, so I'll let you know. <laughs> we also had some, some audio issues. Petey is running around doing what Petey does, and Leah's just sitting there cool as a cucumber. This is why we have Leah Merrill running. The- <laughs> yeah, big surprise. Petey panics a little bit. Big surprise. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, well, Craig, I'll let you start start out here. All right, Talk. We, we have already talked a lot about the TNT gig. I think that was a, a big part of our conversation last time. But I, I just wanted to check in on that. Still enjoying that gig? And, and how has it evolved, I guess, as you've grown more comfortable in your role? Yeah, it's a blast. I, I think I told you guys, uh, they, it's a first-class operation, the way they do things. Uh, they don't want us to be too scripted. They want things organically said. Um, you know, sometimes they surprise you on some of the stuff that they do. They want your, you know, your reaction. Um, you know, now we're starting to get some guests once, uh, you know, if, if Wayne's not or Biz is not on, uh, you know, we're actually going to have Keith Yandel uh, on Wednesday wow. night. He's going to be a, a guest, Keith Yandel. So we just had a, a call this morning with him and he's great. He's going to have some good stories for us. You know, uh, Lundquist was on. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun still doing the, the gig. And, you know, like I said, you get to watch it nationally and, and uh, you know, you don't have skin in the game. Yeah. And, 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 and I know a lot of your job obviously is paying attention to what's happening around the NHL. So we'll just launch right into us and I'll let yeah. and Leah jump in as well. When you look at the NHL season and I know we're only a dozen or so games into it, what are the biggest surprises in a good way or a bad way in your mind of this, this young NHL season? Yeah, the guy's going to be crap on the panel because I keep talking about it. And to me, it's the blown leads. I mean, it, um, analytically, and Pete, you know this stuff, I think it's like 18 or 9%, 19% of teams have come back after being down two goals. That's a big number. Um, years ago, I bet you that number was 7 8%. So, um, you, know, there's, there's, you know, we can dive into a lot of reasons why, a lot more power plays, uh, it seems like everybody wants to score. Um, it, 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 you know, guys want their points. Uh, I hate to tell you, and it just seems um, you're never out of it, which is great. It makes it exciting for the fans, um, but it just seems like the two-goal lead. Um, you know, small sample size, but some teams have surprised me. I mean, look at Boston, and that's what surprised me. I thought they, they had a couple of key injuries uh, early in the season. I thought it was going to hurt them, but it didn't. Um, you know, Jim Montgomery going in there, uh, has done a great job, and that team's just been rolling through. You know, listen, Colorado's starting to flex their muscles again the last couple of weeks. Um, there's some teams like St. Louis and, and Edmonton haven't played. You know, they're around 500. I mean, St. Louis is way under 500. 
that surprised me in Vegas. I mean, look at Vegas. I mean, they've, uh, they seem to have the identity they had four or five years ago. You know, they're more slotted. You know, it's, it's a more uh, balanced up and down lineup. And the, and the, the goaltending has been good for them. Well, you look at this talk and you brought up something interesting when you said the two goal lead thing. And I look at yeah. that. I, I do think today's NHL is about offense and skill, especially from the back end where you got defenders that are trying to score. And, and I know when you coached and, and I, Defense was important and defending was important. And I, I sit and look at today's game and got, go, gosh, like I, I think some of that is starting to slip away from some teams, the ability to defend. And I wonder when you're sitting there watching games at TNT and you're watching them on TV, do you put your coaching hat on and go, where the hell is that guy going or what are they doing or what is that system? Do you find yourself slipping back into your old coaching style? Yeah, and I, I don't want to be that old guy that, you know, defense, defense, but just even talk to some of the coaches like Cooper and, and Bruby and, and Sullivan, it, it, to me, it's a calculation, you know, it's, it's high risk, high reward. Like you're up to nothing. I'm not saying, you know, do the old Jock uh, Lemaire one, four and stay back and trap. Yeah. I, I want to press. I just think your calculations have to be a little bit smarter. Um, I was watching Vancouver. They're up to nothing against Toronto and they're killing a penalty. And, and a couple of guys just run out of position for no reason. And uh, you leave, the great one of the greatest goal scorers in the game, uh, Austin Matthews, in the slot, and he scores a goal. Like, it's just the calculations that drive me nuts. It's not the right time to go at that time. Protect the, you know, we talk about protect the house, the middle of the ice, and live for another shift. Um, that doesn't mean you don't go for it. That doesn't mean you're not trying to, you know, get three on twos and, and D to stop pinching. I'm just a calculation guy, and if it's if it's a if it's a high risk play, don't do it, especially when you're up to nothing. Do you think the game's changed? Do you think the game's changed even in the short two or three years um, since you left Arizona? It's definitely offense and skill. It, 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 the NHL wants it. It preaches it. It's Where did everybody go? Not sure what's going on. We just lost our guests. Did we lose Craig too? Yeah, we lost them both. We'll, well, we'll work on getting them back. So sorry about that. Not sure what's going on uh-oh. there. Um technical issues well it's funny though but we oh they're going to jump back in quick hopefully talk to us too but it's it is like you talk about what the league has done and what they're changing and you see how they're even marketing their stars like mcdavid and matthews it it is all about the one-on-one skill and it is about offense and we talked about defense you're looking at fox you're looking at mccarr that's what defense is today it's not the big bruising guy cross-checking you in front of the net yeah um the game definitely has changed and we'll, we'll welcome Rick Talkett back in. That was a that technical you. issue. Not Every, you, talk. Everybody just Everything dropped. disappeared wasn't for you. some it, reason. It's a Monday. Well, well, PD always gives me crap when it comes to technical stuff, so that's I know. not my fault. I'm that is not your fault. That was actually 100% not your fault. Not your fault. So, yeah, yeah we'll clear that up. I had to call back up. in too, Rick. They just cut us off. It was Craig's fault somehow. Yeah, we'll blame Craig on a Monday. <laughs> okay. no, some, but, somebody didn't like what I said about defense, I think. Yeah. No, but that's right. The game's changed, Talk. You were talking about the marketing the young stars. It's McDavid. It's Matthews. It's Zegris. I mean, that's what the league is going for. They want that scoring. And you know what? It makes every game exciting because nev- no game's over till it's over. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Like, I, I love the skill. I mean, you love to see, uh, you know, like that Zegris move. It, it's, it, it's, fa- it's fascinating. It's, it's great. But, you know, the object's to win the game. Um, and like I said, you, you got to be calculated. You know, you just got to make sure that you – you know, you, you, you make the right decisions at the right time. Um, and I, I, I see teams press um, sometimes when it's not there. Live for another shift. 
especially when you're up to nothing, you know, uh, you know, the other team's going to press. So you want to be in a situation where you, you know, you make the right decisions. Talk, I want to ask you about the Arizona Coyotes. They've had somewhat of a surprising start, definitely night and day from their start last season. They're currently six, eight and one, six in the central. What are your thoughts on the Arizona Coyotes so far? If you've had the chance to catch any games? Yeah, I'm really impressed. Um, I think uh, Andre Turney has done a, a really nice job. Uh, you know, uh, you know, every knows the what they're trying to do, uh, and it sucks for the fact for you know rebuild, lose, lose, lose. And players don't want to hear that, but I, I think the coach and the players have a great connection. Uh, they play a hard game. They're they're hard to play against, and they work hard. Um, so many times they you know, yeah. Sometimes this year and even last year they're not ready for whatever reason. They're down three nothing. But they never give up. That's what I like. And I, I think, uh, you know, before the last couple of games, losing that little mini streak there, um, guys are slotted. He's not afraid to put guys, you know, who's maybe a, you know, really a fourth line player up on the first line and, 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 and play him important minutes down the stretch. Are you going to make it out to Mullet Arena at any point this season? Yeah, I, I got to get back to Arizona here in the next couple of months. But yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, just from talking to you guys and PD off the air, like, Sighting uh, in the arena, watch a game. Um, you know, the crowd's over. I always loved back in the day when I played in the Boston Garden or the Chicago Stadium, the crowd is on top of you. It's hard to explain. Like, they just – so, you know, you feel like you're in a bandbox where the game is just fast um, and, and, and the noise just gets you, you, you amped up. So I'm, I'm anxious to see that setting. So, Talk, I was in New York with the Coyotes uh, last week. Um, got to, got a chance to tour the NHL's office, and I ran into Steve Mayer, of course, who's the director of content, the guy who helps plan major events for the NHL. And he told us that the Valley, it, it, it's, it's fair to expect the Valley to host an outdoor game within the next five years. So I want to get your thoughts on this. You've lived here. Where do you think it should be? What do you think of that whole possibility? I think it's unbelievable. I, I would... Uh, I, I wish I had a vote because I would say it would be an incredible venue. Um, Phoenix and Arizona, they know how to uh, – just the whole community knows how to put a party and, and an atmosphere together. You know, the waste management, the Super Bowls. Uh, you know, just there's so many events that come through there. Why not hockey? Um, I think the, the, the community deserves it. Um, it would be a lot – it's just be positive. Like uh, – you know, you're tired to hear the negativity uh, when it comes to Arizona hockey, and uh, there's too many positives not to have have it there. Um, it would be great. I mean, it would be it would be something that uh, I, I think would be welcome around the league. Listen, Arizona, like you live there, everyone wants to live in Arizona, so why not? You know, have a, a hockey venue there. It would be incredible. Yeah, where would you put it? Do you have Do you have any preference? Um. You know, like, well, can you if you put it in the Glendale where, where the uh, Cardinals play, can you open that thing up? That might be great. I don't know. Can, is that feasible to open it up? Um, geez, I, what's the, what's the stadium? I, I mean, I'm gone there a year. I can't even think State of the stadium. State Farm Stadium. State Farm. State Farm. Yeah, like, can that see, talk. What about be... what about ASU talk with the mountains in the background, right in the middle of oh, Tempe's campus? Yeah, that well, backdrop would moonlight be mountains. Yeah, I'm in. Yes. That, <laughs> That would be incredible. Yeah, it would. And then right to Old Town, right after. <laughs> there you go. That's it. No, no, no. Get, get your two points and, uh, you know, go go celebrate with the team. You know? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Rick, I can't remember. Have you ever been a part of a, an outdoor game in any capacity? Yeah, I was coaching with Pittsburgh. We had uh, we played the Flyers in Heinz Field uh, where the Steelers played. And uh, 
I tell the story the other day we were talking about we're, we're going to do the uh, the, cla- the outdoor cla- the winter classic in Boston this year at, at, at Fenway. So uh, TNT's covering that one. Um, I'm sorry, Warner Brother Discovery. Uh, the, it's a new company now. Um, so, <laughs> work, work, work. I know they're they're paying my check, but I anyways. Know. Uh, I remember, you know, uh, you know, they give us like uh, the old fashioned jackets. You know, you still wear a suit and tie or whatever behind the bench. But I remember it was freezing. I wore my Ferragamos uh, black shoes and the dumbest thing I've ever like. And I'm an assistant coach. Like wear boots. Nobody cares. Like nobody's yeah. the camera's not on my feet. And uh, I froze the whole game. Before we go on that, on that, the, that won't happen again. Before we go on on the winter classic talk, that brought up a good point here is coaches fashion <laughs> no and i'm being serious here because if you look at what the nba has done with what coaches wear on the bench now they've shifted away from suits much more comfortable team appropriate attire football did it years and years and years ago they wear the team logo stuff what the hell happened to hockey like why is it when you're freezing cold on a bench in the ice you're standing on a bench where players are spitting and shooting water bottles why are coaches in the nhl not more comfortable i will give you credit for the bubble when behind the bench in the bubble, the Arizona Coyotes coaching staff did not wear suits. And I thought you were finally starting to move the needle the other way. Do you have any insight on why we can't make that change? Um, yeah, I, I'm a, I would love to. I would love to have the fashion, like you said, about where you don't have to wear the suit. I know Coop went on the other day and said about um, he's a, a traditionalist and he wants to wear the suit and tie. I'm not so much a traditionalist. I want to be comfortable. So I yeah. want guys to, to be comfortable. Now, I'm not saying wear sweatpants. No. And be, you know, I, I, but a nice, you know, look at Torts. He wears that sweater behind the bench now. Yeah. And, um, you know, he goes, you know what? He's, he says, I'm cold. So I'm going to yeah. wear a sweater. He, you know, yeah. Like, he doesn't care if you can't see his tie. And I don't blame the guy. So you want to be comfortable because you want to make good decisions. And if you're cold, sometimes you make yeah. bad decisions. But you've been on the bench, and I've seen you on the bench come into the head equipment manager, Stan Wilson. Stan. I need a long sleeve shirt under my suit. And that happened yeah. in a lot of rings. It's cold out there. <laughs> it's cold. And uh, like I said, oh, yeah, I'd have to wear that long sleeve that the players wear right under your suit. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I got to tell you, I, I, I'd, I'd vote for it. And I think some play, some coaches would. Um, but, you know, some guys like want the they're traditionalists, like Coop said. He's a big traditionalist. He wants to wear the suit and tie, you know. Like, how far how far could we go with this? I mean, would it be like Lululemon and still be fashionable, or could we go like all full on Bill Belichick and just wear the hoodies? No, can't do the hoodies. <laughs> well, look look at the players coming in. You know, that's a big fashion thing now. They you know they have the camera and you know who's wearing what. Why can't the coaches do that? You know, yeah. what's this coach? What's this coach? You know, like uh, what's this coach wearing tonight? I love it. I'm here for it. Talk. You and I both worked with some guys that probably don't want that camera in the hallway. Some of those suits. <laughs> oh boy, howdy. There's some bad suits. Some guys need show. to get them a, a tailor that get them to fit them. I know that for sure. Yeah, you should bring back those old tweed tweed jackets back in the day. Yeah, well, I wore that back corduroy. in '84. Yeah, that was still good. Yeah, buddy. Make with the team. elbow patches. Yeah. The elbow patches. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Let's move on to the Coyotes a little bit more here. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about this. Jacob Chikrin's going to be back in the lineup. I reported this this morning. He's going to be back uh, on the 21st when they when they play Nashville in Nashville. With all this, having coached him, what do you make of this situation, Talk, Are you surprised it has reached this point? Are the Coyotes asking too much for him? And, and can Chick ever be that player that we saw in 2020-2021 again? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of moving parts. Um you know, do I think the Coyotes uh, were asking for too much? Yeah, I do. I think the last year, I think 
you know, I, I know a couple of uh, uh, people around the league, some GMs, and uh, I know the price was high. Um, saying that, um, you know, I don't blame him. You, know, you always want to, you know, you have a, a player of his caliber who's shown, you know, a couple of years ago, I mean, he was very dominant. Uh, what did he score that year? Did he score 18 goals that year? Um, I mean, that that that's a big number for a defenseman, in, in a, and I think it was 50-something games. So, um, yeah, Chick has a lot of value, but damaged goods, right? He's been hurt quite a bit. Um, now it's about him trying to just get back in the lineup playing good hockey. Everything will sort out then. Um, it's not a lot of he said, she said type of thing right now, like whose fault. It doesn't matter. Uh, Chick's got to get, and I think, Pete, you talked about that. Got to get in the lineup. He's got to start playing 20, 20 minutes, uh, you know, 20 plus minutes a game, PK penalty kill, and, uh, you know, just show that force out there that, uh, you know, if a team wants to trade for him, they're going to get a good product. Yeah. Well, coach, we're going to get back home to Vegas now. So we're watching the Vegas Golden Knights and I'll be the first guy to say, I thought they were going to have goaltending troubles. And I thought the Vegas Golden Knights were going to struggle out of the gate. I thought Calgary and Edmonton were going to be premier teams in the Pacific, but that's not what's happening. Vegas has started off extremely well. One of the top teams in the Western conference one, what's the buzz like in Vegas? Do you notice the difference? Do you see the, the Knights logo around town and two, why the success? Yeah, um, we had a big talk about at the beginning of the year, what teams are on the bubble and what, what weren't. And I keep bugging our, my panel. I said Vegas was going to be a top team this year again. Um, you got to look at their personnel. Yeah, PD, the goaltending was in a question mark. I get that. But their defense from one to six, one to seven, as good as in the league. You know, you got, when you rolled Hague and Whitecloud as your five, six, those guys, that's a good pair, a very good pair. Um, I think they're slotted better now, you know. Um, you know, you, they're not... You know, they took a lot of negativity. They went after every shiny new toy, any free agent. They uh, they got rid of Flurry, so there was a lot of negativity here in in Nevada with Vegas. Uh, they're back. They're quietly kind of getting their identity back. Uh, the fans, I mean, it's always sold out. I mean, everybody goes. I have a lot of friends here. They all have season tickets, a night's game. Uh, they don't know a lot about hockey, but they they love they love going to the game. They they think the atmosphere is great. Um, so it's a great story. I mean, uh, you know, a guy like Phil Kessel, he's a, he's, he's on a team, doesn't play, he's playing, what is he playing now? 10, 12, 13 minutes. But I like the fact that he's a complimentary player on that team. He's not the go-to guy. And, uh, some games, you know, he might not play a lot, but then some games he'll score like in Buffalo scored the other night to get them going again. So, um, they're kind of slotted well this year. I want to ask you more about Phil Kessel because you had a great relationship with him in Pittsburgh and then again in Arizona. Do you keep in touch with him? And, you know, what do you think about this move to Vegas for him at this point in his career? Yeah, I think it's a good move. Like I said, I, I think at this stage, he, he's not the guy. Uh, he's a complimentary guy. And this is a good team for him to be around. It's a very good team. Um, you know, Phil doesn't, you know, he might be a couple of games, you know, you don't see him around, you know, don't see him much on the ice. And then the next game he'll score two goals or he'll do something to win. It's the perfect game, uh, team to insulate him. Um, I, yeah, I talked to him a while ago when he, when he broke the record, um, you know, uh, but I've, I've left him alone. I mean, this, uh, you know, in the hockey season, it's one of those things where you're very busy. So, um, yeah, I'm happy that he's on that team. It's, it, you know, they get in a solid position to playoffs. You know, maybe he can win you a game here or there, which he has the ability to do sometimes. You mentioned uh, some of the teams that uh, that are struggling early in this season, St. Louis, Anaheim, Vancouver among those. First off, I want to get your thoughts on what might be at play there. I know you're 
you're close uh, with Chief in St. Louis. Any any thoughts on what's <laughs> happened? To those teams? Yeah, I, I think the you know they 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 went through a stretch with a lot of um, turnover turnovers, a lot of turnovers. They, they, you know, they got a lot of young guys that have kind of taken over. Thomas and Cairo, you know, Cairo was an all star last year, so they've kind of taken over. And then you got guys like, you know, O'Reilly, who's kind of older now, but, you know, he hasn't had great success since the start of the year. I think he's had one or two goals. Um, and uh, I think there's a transition, and I think they're trying to find the transition of, you know, do the young guys take over the leadership and do the, the veteran guys take a back seat? Um, I don't think Bennington's been that great. I mean, uh, let, let Huso go. Now the safety, you know, that safety net is not there anymore. Mm. Uh-oh. Mm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> we got... me I'm... No, no you're still here, Craig. This time. I promise you're <laughs> still here. Let's not talk that time. Oh, there he is. Might, He's you kinda... might have been getting a phone call sometimes. Oh. That happens. Sorry. I was saying about, uh, you know, just a transition of them trying the young guys and the older guys with St. Louis. You look at um, Vancouver, I mean, uh, Edmonton. Um, they're 500 team. I thought they would be a little bit better. I think their bottom six has not been that good for them. Um, I don't think they've been well. Uh, Vancouver is a is a funny team. They got some high end talent uh, defensively. They they've given up a lot of two goal leads. Demko yeah. hasn't been as good. Um, you know, Anaheim. A little surprised how bad they've been this that uh, this year. I thought they'd be a little bit better, but the, to me, defensively, they give up way too many grade A chances. Um, you know, you watch their game, and it's uh, the other team gets a lot of chances. Rick, you know how this business works. With teams struggling early, especially teams that have expectations, which coaches should be worried right now? Yeah, it's it's still early, uh, Craig. Um, you know, you, you look at the expectations. <laughs> like I know, and uh, and I'm a, I like DJ Smith, but you know, in Ottawa, and they got a win the other day. But they have a, a, a you know, everybody probably I'm sure you guys had a, a surprise team that might jump up the ladder. Yeah. You know, might get another fifteen twenty points, play more important games down in in April. Um, you know, they lost six, seven in a row. Uh, you know, they, they haven't been off the start. Um, you know, you, you, you look at Vancouver, teams like that where you're, you're looking for some kind of traction. Um, but it's still it's still early. I don't think you can blame the coaches all the time. I think it's uh, a lot of different things. Sometimes, you know, I, listen, the leadership group has to help the head coach out. You know, I'm a big leadership group guy. If you don't have a good leadership group, uh, it's hard to be a good coach. You know, you, you, know, you look at guys like John Cooper, uh, Bednar. I mean, those guys got rock solid uh, players, but they also got rock solid leaderships that help out and uh, can, you know, when the boat gets a little rocky, those guys can sort out the room. There are a lot of veteran coaches sitting out there, however, and again, you know how this business works. One of the guys that always gets mentioned, obviously you're one of those coaches that's out there. Barry Trott's name has been out there a lot. He's uh, <laughs> let it be known that he'd be interested in coaching an original six team. I think a lot of people assume that it it's the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I I also wonder about the New York Rangers if they don't really get things going. Do you think Barry Trotz will be back behind a bench this season? Uh, a great question. Um, well, this summer was funny because you know I was one of those guys, uh, you know, one of the veteran guys on the sidelines looking for you know if, if there was if there was a right opportunity and nobody was making a move. Barry Trotz's uh, name was still available. If you look at all the teams, his name was everywhere. Um, and then what he basically said that, uh, you know, I'm not going to coach here, you know, Domino's, uh, you know, kind of went down and everybody started getting jobs. So uh, that's a good one, Craig. I think uh, around Christmas time, uh, there's some teams, if they, 
and I, you know, there's a couple of teams there out there that if their their expectations aren't being met, I could see somebody throwing a pile of money at them and bringing them in. Um, it's I don't think Barry Trotz is a guy that can sit in the sidelines too long. I don't know him very well. I know him a little bit, but he seems to me he's, he's a guy that can't just go play golf and uh, you know do nothing all day. I think he's a hockey guy, and I think with Barry, I think he wants. To coach, but I also think he wants to be in management when he's done. So it might be a dual thing where, hey, when he's done coaching, he wants to transfer into the in management uh, role. So um, mm. I could see a, fran- a franchise give him the keys to the to the to the franchise for sure. All right, I want to ask you. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Your predictions: Final Four, two from the West, two from the East. Who are the Final Four teams standing going to be? Oh, great! Yeah, that's uh, it, it. Changes every two weeks, but uh, I, I think Colorado's got to be there again. Um, I just like the, the last two weeks they've uh, started playing well again. I still think Joe Sackett's got something up his sleeve um, where he's going to make he's going to make a move. Um, I could see that. Um, there's so like you know the Dallas's and Vegas have, have, have got me thinking again. Hey man, they, you know they they're you know do you want to, you know can they get, get in the the playoffs and be a Final Four team? Yeah, they're built that way. Great, you know I know Dallas great goaltending. They got some veteran players. They got some good young players. And Vegas, like I said, I could see Vegas being in there. I really do. Um, you know, uh, it, it's something, you know, Minnesota's kind of went down a little bit. St. Louis has gone down. So there's some teams vying for that, those positions. And Edmonton is a team, like I said, is it's it should be a Final Four team. They haven't proved it yet. But when you get McDavid and, and Drysaddle on godly numbers every night, you know they're going to score. It's hard for them not to be there. Um, in the East, that's a it's the same. Is, can Boston still keep going? I mean – yeah, I mean Boston could still be there. You know, is Tampa? Is Tampa? Will they be? I, I think Tampa is going to be a seventh or sixth seed. I don't think there'll be a top thing, top seed. But I think once they get in, you never know when you get that kind of goaltending. And I'm a little surprised by the Rangers. I thought they would take a bigger step, especially with Shesterkin and and, the, and what they went through last year. Uh, but like I said, it's a small sample size. Okay, talk. We're going in a completely different direction now. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. I want to put yourself in a room. You're at a team meal right yes. now as a player. You're in a room with Jeremy Roenick, Keith Kachuk, yourself, and you hear this noise. And then I want you to tell me what happened. This is a test. You hear this noise in a meeting room. <laughs> what? I'm so, looking at my shoes right now. So what are you doing shoes. right now if you hear that in a meal room with, with uh, Kachuk and Roenick in it? I'm looking at my shoes. Uh, somebody's putting ketchup. Ketchup. Ketch, somebody's gonna have ketchup on their shoes. They're new, brand new Ferragamos. Um, they hide underneath the buffet table, and you know when guys are getting food, you know a Jeremy Roenick is dumping sour cream and uh, and ketchup on your shoes. Yeah, and and now that that's a real thing that happened. You have NHL players crawling around on the floor to deface someone's shoes. That is a real thing. And the today's guys, not only do they not know it, never heard of it. I've asked new players. They have no idea. What's a shoe check? What's a, nobody knows. And everybody starts yelling, shoe check. Shoe, and you're going, I've been in those rooms praying to God. Well, of course it wasn't me. Who the hell would have done anything to me? They didn't always even in the room. So that brings up the next thing, talk. So now put you really on the spot. So those are the things that kind of happened on the road with the team. We have a, a, a bit here that we call Tales from the Road, the prank edition. So I want you to think of a time when either you pulled a prank on another player or you had a prank pulled on you. Give us something, a little insight on the road of something you guys did in the, to have fun when you traveled. 
Yeah, guys used to get the key early, go in, in, in your closet, and then, you know, when you go to put your stuff in, jump out, scare you. Little, little, those are always things like that. The saran wrap over the toilet, that's a big one. Uh, back in the day, you know, you can't, you can't see it. You know, you sit down and it's just clear. That's uh, what we used to do. I hate to tell you, that, that was a big one. Uh, and the room service, you know, remember, uh, some hotels still have it where you can put your, uh, your, me- uh, your breakfast in the morning and you just have it on the, on your door. Um, and then they'll, br- they'll bring uh, room service to you while we'd, you know, you, we'd order $200, you know, eggs, Benedict pancakes, and we'd order $200 worth of stuff at eight o'clock in the morning. And then all of a sudden the poor guy, you know, there's a knock on the room service and the guy's got seven trays outside your door. Um, <laughs> That was one of them. But yeah, you're right. Nobody does that anymore. It's it's. I, I don't know why, but we used to do that constantly. Um, those kind of pranks all the time. Yeah, it used to be a thing, and and this is true. When I I remember when I first started traveling, I was young and immature. But you'd get on a plane, and I was terrified to fall asleep. Like I would just I wouldn't fall asleep on a plane. And you got to think of the jokesters and, and talk as part of that, and Kachuk and Ronak and that guys. Like if you fell asleep, someone would cut your tie in half. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You do that today with a player that spent $500 on a tie. He might call his lawyer and sue you, or he definitely got to call his mom and cry. Like, it's just, it's not the same game anymore. Agents would be on the phone to the manners. Oh, my guy got his tie cut. You just can't do that anymore to today's players. So I appreciate you sharing the stories, talk. Yeah. Well, real quick, when I was in Pittsburgh, we won like 12, 15 in a row. And I fell asleep and I had my shoes off and uh, all Samson took them from me. And uh, no, no, you know, I didn't know it was him, and I was, I was mad. I was telling, "Where's my shoes?" We had to get off the plane, and we had to. And back then, we it was a commercial flight, so I'm walking through, through the airport, Pittsburgh airport, with the socks on, and uh, I finally found somebody ratted it all field. I grabbed them. We were wrestling in the uh, airport. Scotty, Bow- <laughs> Scotty Bowman walked by us as we're wrestling, and I'm mad because I want my shoes. And he just shook his head and kept going. And uh, that's the stuff we used to do. It was pretty Scotty Bowman. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Well, we can't thank you enough for joining us. And hopefully we'll chat with you again soon. When you come down to Mullet, let us know. And maybe we can get you in studio for yeah. a show or something like that. So yeah, we really appreciate your you. time. So I asked Petey for tickets uh, then, right? Yeah, I'm the ticket guy. <laughs> yeah. You know me. Connections hooked up there, Talk. Great, yeah. great having you, Talk. Thanks for the stories. Always a lot of fun. Travel safe. Uh, I know you're a busy guy yeah. in the plane, so be safe. Thanks, guys. Great, great show. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Talk. Thanks so much. All right. Uh, well, thank well. you again to Rick Tockett for joining the show. Um, oh, great to hear that he watches us too because we watch him every week on TNT. It's been really great. And he talked a lot about the Vegas Golden Knights and how they've been having a really good start to the season so far. Of course, the Coyotes take on Vegas this Thursday. I don't know if I'm putting my money on the Coyotes in this one, maybe some player props instead. Um, but Vegas has just been really hot. If you want to win some money on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, either on that game or there's NFL Monday Night Football tonight, there's basketball, football, all of that, check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And right now, new customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200. If your team wins, download the DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that code PHNX. That's code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. And also, PD, it was a stressful day for you yesterday. Yeah. Did you uh, try some OGs before bed? I should have. I should have. <laughs> I don't know. We talked about Sean and I watching that Viking B- Bills game. I needed to just... 
Oh, Sean needed some OGs. Yeah, we need that. some OGs. Holy to moly! Kind of set the mood after that tilt. Yeah, if you haven't tried OGs yet, I've tr- try them. Not only are they great, but amazing flavors as well. They have orange creamsicle, pina colada. They make you feel real nice. I know Sean loves them. We're just you know now that they're a new partner on our show, we're just getting to know them as well. They're scratch made everything they're they're just phenomenal so check it out you can find them at your local dispensary you must be 21 and older to enjoy um but try out ogs it'll help us get through this long coyote season but anyway back to uh to rick talkett thank you again to him any any uh standouts from him on the things that he said just about either the league or the coyotes you know it, it is it's one thing with coach talkett is I, I think he's starting to shift to the media guy. I can start to see it. Last year, I think he was still he was still head coach Rick Tockett on TV. Now he's a TV guy. Like <laughs> I, I think he's truly an analyst because you saw how he was able to respond and know about all the things going around with all the teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's doing a great job. That was a lot of fun, as always. I like the fact that he brought up the early leads, you know, the leads that are getting blown around the league this year. I've wondered about that, too. was just talking about that, actually, with a couple writers last night at MSG. Yes, I was at, at MSG last night. <laughs> uh, but it's, it, you know, it, it is part and parcel, I think, of a more offensive league. But you still have to have situational awareness. You need to know when you can make that play and when you can't make it. Even even a play like Yusuf Alamaki made last night where he's throwing the puck out in front of the net. It's a scoreless game at that point, right? I get you're trying to find Dylan Gunther, but that's probably not the play. Make the safe play up the wall. You don't You don't make those high-risk plays in certain situations i wonder if that's a product of the shift in the style of nhl or if we're we're just going to see that curtail as the season wears on and teams dial it in a bit more yeah as as games become more important i think you're going to see the structure creep into the teams that have it and i think there are teams that don't have it and i and i think those that's where the cream will rise to the top again because the teams that can defend and can play smart situational hockey are the teams that are going to succeed yeah one other thing one other thing that I was thinking about when he was talking about Colorado and Joe Sackick possibly having something up his sleeve, there's a lot of talk about them needing a second-line center now that Nazem Kadri's moved on to uh, Calgary. Um, and, and there's a lot of talk that Jonathan Taves could be that guy. It's it's a big wow. cap hit, but his salary, isn't, his salary isn't unmanageable. Here's another guy, and it would be crazy since he was there at one point, that I think about a lot. If St. Louis continues to struggle, Ryan O'Reilly's a free agent at the end of this year. Wow. Ryan O'Reilly is an unbelievable player to put in that slot with all of his experience and capabilities. I think of I, I think his I know his cap hits lower than Jonathan Taze by about three million, but aside from that, pretty much all of his salary was paid in signing bonus this year. I think his salary for the remainder of the year is one million dollars. So that's another name to watch if St. Louis continues to struggle. Man, that would be an unbelievable player for the Avs to bring back for another cup run. Wow. All right. I love it. We'll, we'll start the rumor mill here on this show. Um, and speaking of rumors, we have cleared some up, Craig, and you mentioned this in the interview with Tockett, but that's some injury updates, especially on Jacob Chikrin, who we've talked a lot about in terms of a, a possible trade bait. Jacob Chikrin will be back November 21st. Yeah, and so will Nick Schmaltz. So both of those players will be back. This is what Bill Armstrong told me. They're going to be back the same game. That's uh, when they start the after Vegas, the next segment of this 14-game road trip. 
in Nashville. Both of those players are expected to play. That's a little bit ahead of the timeline for Nick Schmaltz, who was supposed to be out six to eight weeks. It'll actually be five and a half, but he's going to be back in. Chikrin's supposed to debut. He hasn't played since March, so those are two pretty key players coming back into the lineup. Uh, we'll see what they can bring. I, I'm, I'm guessing that Schmaltz is going to play with Clayton Keller, who seems to be doing just fine without Nick Schmaltz right now. But though those are two key players. On the other hand, Zach Cassian, it looks like, is going to be out till the end of this month or even into uh, early December. I expect him to go on IR soon uh, when they need to make a roster move. And that Roaring Fork said it already, but with the news on Muzzin, Chikrin to Toronto plot thickens just another one to stir the pot. But um, He's got to play. He's got to play. And, and, though, and that's but, what Tockett said, too. But say that, though, Craig. If he plays in a week and he's playing in Nashville, they play a lot of games and a lot of nights on that road trip. Honestly, it might not take long. Like, if he can rack up a few points, play steady minutes, and get his minutes 18 to 20 minutes, like Talk said, it honestly might not take long. Teams are starting to need defensemen. And, and the, the higher the need, the higher the price. We'll see. Yeah. It is interesting to hear his take, though, on the asking price being high and kind of getting that sense throughout the league. But I just, I wonder if, and maybe you know this, Craig, if Bill Armstrong is going to budge or they're just, it's a wait and see game right now and we just have to see how he plays. Yeah, and I think that's the key. But, and, and, that, and that's also why I don't think it's a small sample before teams will decide. I think Jacob Chikrin's got to play a good chunk of games for teams to want to commit to him and get a sense of who he is. I I see it more like he's got to play about 20 games before people get a feel for what he is. But yeah, th- that, that will drive the price. He's got to show that he can be that guy again that we saw two seasons ago, a guy that was in the Norris Trophy conversation because he had 18 goals and led the league by defensemen. He obviously didn't do that last year. He hasn't played in a long time, so he's got some he's got some splaining to do. Yeah, well, that's that'll be... I can't believe that's what just... Over a week away now, one week away from him and yep. Schmaltz getting back in the, the lineup. So that'll be great to see. And, you know, we mentioned last week, I think, that Connor Timmons is down in Tucson for a conditioning stint. So, you know, nice to kind of see these players get back in the lineup. We'll see how that shifts things uh, up with the big club. But especially someone like Chikrin, we've been following this all summer long, all in, <laughs> into now. So just to see him on the ice and evaluate his play on the ice. Will be very good to see, and if he's back on the 21st, that means he should, fingers crossed, no more injuries, um, be at Mullet for the first on the ice at Mullet for the first time on December 9th when the Coyotes finally make their long-awaited return to Mullet. But in the meantime, there's plenty of other live sporting events you can go to, and when you go, check out the Game Time app to buy your tickets. You can save up to 60% on tickets when you buy them last minute. Um, including ASU hockey, we've said again, are coming not this coming weekend, but the week after next. Minnesota's coming to town. Logan Cooley, you can get those tickets now on game time or wait till the day of the game to get the best deal possible. There's also Suns games and Cardinals games and all of that. But as soon as the Coyotes are back to buy your tickets on game time. And Tiersen mentioned this on the show with us last week, which I didn't even know. You can buy parking passes for games on game time as well. And I've seen, you know, in some of the Coyotes Facebook groups, like, where do I park? What's the best way to park? Just, just let game time show you <laughs> what to do and just make it do it all in one. Make it easier for yourself. So 60% on tickets when you buy last minute. Best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in our description. And I hope that when Chickering comes back, he does well. I'm going to I'm gonna think that he's going to be motivated, I would hope. So when he's back in the lineup, I am going to pick the higher on pick the underdog higher. fantasy when I'm doing the pick'em game. 
Um, I'll take Chikorin higher in shots. Shots, points, points above 0.5 yeah, points. Yeah, just yep, you know sure. what? I'm I'm all in. Let's sure. let's do it. And Schmaltz too. Uh, Schmaltz, maybe after yeah. a couple games when they get their feet under them. But I'm all in on it. Um, I love playing the pick'em game on Underdog. So does PD. We also do daily fantasy where you can just do daily draft for just for certain NHL yep. slates segments. It's yep. really fun and it's so easy. It takes two minutes. You just send the link to your friends. You can do a two person, three person, six person. So you can do it with your friends or with strangers on Underdog. Seriously it's so much fun we have loved using it and i just love the pick'em game because i like picking between two things instead of between a thousand things um that's why i love underdog so be sure to sign up if you haven't already use the promo code phnx and underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 so when you sign up with the code phnx make sure you're depositing your money right away so they can match that with that offer right now that's underdog fantasy promo code phnx and get in on the action today. One more thing I want to bring up, another thing we touched on with Taka, another thing that was in Craig's five takeaways today, uh, that the idea of that outdoor game. It's kind of been the the buzz here at the office too. I was talking to Espo about it in the elevator, the idea of where it can be. Craig, I'm all on board and I like that you were kind of pushing the ASU narrative to the NHL guys. <laughs> so this this encounter with State, Steve Mayer at the NHL offices was not planned. I was I was getting a tour from thank you to John Delapima. Delapina, I already thanked him, but and I got a chance to sit in Bill Daly's office and chat for a while. Gary avoided me, went to Florida. We've already talked about that. <laughs> but Steve Mayer was just walking through the hallway, and 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 we we just got talking about outdoor games because they have this massive screen that shows scenes of just sort of iconic moments in NHL history, whether it's teams winning cups or outdoor games. And I asked him about it. I was like, "Yeah, you're, you're probably going to tell me, yeah, get an arena first. And he says, no, Take, he, he said, look at how many teams still haven't played. I'm like, I, I'm perfectly aware that, it, that it's just four teams, including the two-year-old Seattle Kraken, that haven't <laughs> played in an outdoor game. And he's like, yeah, but what was it five years ago? And that was his point. We're checking the boxes. We're very aware of the fact that there are some teams that still haven't done it. We want everyone to participate. And as he said, while, while the luster may be off from a national audience or international, he said, when we go to these communities – it's a huge hit. Like the, the, the game in Carolina this year at NC State, he said it sold out in seconds. It's a massive deal down there. And he said it'll be the same thing in Arizona. With the teams that are left, Florida, Seattle, Columbus, and the Coyotes, I, I would imagine that Florida and Columbus are probably going to get it first. They probably want the Coyotes to be a little better on the ice too. But I, I, I pressed my luck and said, so I'm going to ask this, and I know you're not going to answer it, but what's the timeline? He goes, no, I'll answer it. it, it you, should ex- you should expect it within five years. Wow. So, wow. An outdoor wow. game in Arizona within five years. How cool will that be, guys? Very wow. cool. Well, you mentioned ASU. You mentioned Chase Field. Espo earlier in the chat mentioned the 16th hole at the Waste There you go. <laughs> wow. The Love it. That's not a bad idea. Hey, there you go. The 16th. It, Love it. Make it uh, unique. You know, why not? Listen, it's got to be Sun Devil Stadium, right? I it's, know. It's Tempe. It's the association with ASU. It's the most iconic venue I, I know Talk mentioned State Farm, but do you think that the NHL really wants to Go do to Glendale? Helps Glendale? I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, but, but ASU not only does it work because the stadium's iconic, surrounded by the mountains. It's it's the stadium setup itself. It's a great setup in that regard. But also just in terms of fostering this relationship with the city of Tempe, <laughs> ASU has done so much for the Coyotes and. The, the Coyotes are developing that partnership with Tempe. I feel like this would be the perfect kind of event to bring to bring 
you know, that economic boost to the city of Tempe and put the city of Tempe on a national stage and, and everyone can see how beautiful it is. And I don't know if I'm a player watching that saying, oh, that looks like a pretty nice yeah. Uh, yeah, city I, to live in and play in. The so. visuals of that and the, the, the drone shots and the, the balloon shots of that uh, against the mountains. Absolutely breathtaking. I, yeah, I'm in. Let's go. I don't know how the hell we're going to do it when it's 85, but let's go. It gets chilly. Oh. I mean, in January, it's chillier here. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I got long like, sleeves yeah, on again you're, today. You were complaining last night in your own house. Yeah, it was, it was cold. It, like, I know they like to do it during the day, but then, then the NHL is always surprised that the sun is out. There's actually <laughs> the sun melts Definitely ice. Be aware oh. that there's sunshine in Arizona. So how about a later start in January? How about a, yeah. a, a night game at Sun Devil Stadium? All oh, in. Would that well, well, or maybe like dust so you could get the amazing Arizona sunsets, oh. right? Work that into it. But then again, this location is just perfect. So let's recap what the NHL is talking about doing in Arizona. Uh, you know, if the Coyotes get this arena, we, they've already been promised an all-star game, a draft in June or July. Wow, I have no idea. Working. And now an outdoor game. How cool. Three yeah. unbelievable events uh, involving the NHL in the Valley within, you know, probably the next five, six years. And I like this. Sterling said they always have a band play. How about Jimmy World? There we go. Ah, and then Jimmy, Jimmy World will awesomes figure it out. Like, they'll they'll transfer their uh, yep. their good vibes. vibes because they they their songs create wins. It's just facts. That's true. Um, so I, I love this. True. Sign yeah. us up. This is why Gary was avoiding Craig because we just have our lists of ideas to throw at him. But I love it. I'm excited. Um, it's exciting to think about things like that in the future and and i could just see it now you got all the concessions at sun devil stadium and it's just four peaks beer on tap as it should be as it should be drinking our four peaks and it's it'll be chilly but not so chilly that i can't hold a beer and a koozie at an outdoor game in january in arizona i'm all in i'm all in i just can see it now Mm -hmm. holding my four peaks at sun devil stadium watching the coyotes play Mm, yeah, outdoor game is kilt lifter for sure. Question mark. Outdoor game is is got to be kilt lifter. Kilt lifter. How about be. a? It's a little hardier. I'm a golden logger. Golden logger. I, I was thinking of an outdoor game like when it's really cold, but I guess it won't be. It'll be like beautiful. It'll be like yeah. 50, sixty. So golden logger, you still do a while then. Yeah, that's Any, got a desert day drinker. Yeah, all desert over day it. drinker. That would that would be good. If so. it's a day game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. love it. I, I um, want a dust game. I, I want a sunset game. I think that's the way to go here. Maybe a hazy then. Maybe a hazy. The, the bottle, the hazy, the hazy bottle looks like an Arizona sunset. Um, yeah. So in the meantime, enjoy Four Peaks. You can grab them wherever you buy your beer. You can also head on down to the A Street Pub where Four Peaks will be hosting all U.S. and Mexico World Cup matches with beer specials, giveaways, guest appearances, and more. $3 kit lifter and Wowie Pints. It's less than two weeks away. Check the link in our show notes to register for free. Cannot wait for the World Cup. I love all the sports all at once. Um, and Craig, I, we talked about his five takeaways. We've noted a couple things from it already. Check that out on gophnx.com. Um, I saw, Craig, you were posting it in the Discord at like 1.15 in the morning. Poor Craig has literally not slept at all. So thank you, Craig, uh, for powering through this one and being here with us. But check that out, gophnx.com. Become a member, and uh, you can join our members-only Discord as well and get see that Craig is posting his story at 1.15 a.m. Um, but also lots of great perks to becoming a member and uh, more to come on that soon. So great time to become a member. And also you'll want to grab some gear from the PHNX Locker as well with the holidays right around the corner. Head to phnxlocker.com to give the gift of some sweet merch and the link 
to get there is in our description below. You can find everything you need on every time in our description. Uh, any final thoughts from today? Talk it going forward into the rest of the week or no we got to take a deep breath before we get back on i know the, so do the, the coyotes it's kind of i feel like we all needed this Craig, are you getting back on the plane or what are you doing thursday <laughs> no buddy i'm staying home i'm staying okay. home i'm writing in fact the one story that i wanted to mention is is, is a playoff of the you know i toured the league offices playoffs for some reason i hadn't oh. done that in the court century i've covered this league so i decided to do it in new york and i'm gonna have a story on that later this week so awesome that was, that was all right they are amazing, by the way. The offices are just amazing. We, we, I remember one time. Is it, is it still on the Avenue of Americas, or is it a different building? It's close. It's uh, in what's called uh, West Manhattan or Manhattan West. It's right by uh, Hudson Yards, actually, where the, the Equinox is really close to MSG. This may surprise you. I was walking down on the Avenue of Americas when it was there with our old travel guy, Rick Bronstein, and we walked by it on a day off, and we're walking by the offices, and we go, oh, there's the offices. Do you want to go in? And I'm like, eh. And we just kept walking. <laughs> that was such a good story. Yeah, I just said no. <laughs> no. It's let's, been in let's, office no. a little over a year, so it, it's no. impressive. It really no. is. It's like yeah. three or four stories. They have like three or four Glad floors. you went and I don't have to check it off and my list now. I'll story. read your article. Yeah, I don't exactly. have to go. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you again to Rick Tockett for joining us. Always great to hear from him. We'll be back on Wednesday with an audio episode, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We have just audio-only episodes, so either Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast, subscribe, leave us a review. Also follow PHNX Sports across all social platforms, including PHNX Sports on YouTube. Be sure to be subscribed there so you never miss any of our shows when we go live. And we'll be live late night, PHNX Coyotes After Dark, for that game against the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, until then, Craig, I hope you get some sleep today. I hope you nap, <laughs> take take a beat, and uh, we'll we'll regroup a little later this week. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in, for commenting in the chat, and uh, enjoy the rest of your Monday, everybody. You can follow us on Twitter at S Peters Hockey, at Craig S Morgan, at Liam Merrill, at Sean underscore Depaz, and of course at PHNX underscore Coyotes on Twitter. Everyone, have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you later this week.